You are listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Shorthand intro, this is Ad Space. ADD Space! I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman. I'm the other host, Elise Bacon. Welcome to the show. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to need to pick your brain if there are any um, anime rom-coms as uh, amusing as a uh, high score girl. It's important. Uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't know if they're as amusing, but I do have some really lovely anime rom-coms. Yeah, we're going to have to... Um, just for just for everyone listening, um, to be clear, since I've been, I think I've been talking on uh, Facebook loosely about it, but I haven't communicated exactly what this anime called um, High Score Girl about um, a young boy around 1990 who is um, essentially not finding love, but growing up in the age of the um, the fighting game boom of the 90s, and he's right. in Japan and he's. Um, he essentially is a he's like he's here when he time Street Fighter he's he's playing around the time Street Fighter was a thing Street Fighter Two was a thing, and the arcade scene kind of grew from there, and he um meets um apparently the love of his life using Zengif who pummels him and it's just very quiet, this very quiet girl and they kind of grow together because you know she plays games to escape and he plays games to escape and they are just companions even though he's you know generally clueless as the male lead of all romantic comedies tend to be and yes just, and, i appreciate that right and the uh the big draw is the sheer amount of gaming history at play he is obsessed with games and he's constantly taking the viewer on the journey from like arcade games to um arcade um arcade capable home console and there were like little little subtle digs and little things in there like he'll say um he borrowed his Neo Geo CD from one of his rich friends in class, which is a complete nod to the time because that no one, no one else had a Neo Geo CD but the rich kid in your class. <laughs> so the fact is, like little things like that, like not just the games and the times, but the context and how it all came about. So there's just that, and you know, and the actual romantic comedy a part of it is actually infinitely less toxic than most romantic comedies. Like I was telling Bacon earlier, uh, the main character is a kid named Haro. And the worst thing about male leads in romantic comedies is they're being, they're buffoons and idiots, but they are desperately trying to take up space in someone else's life while knowing nothing about them and not understanding the slightest bit about nuance or emotional connection. So they just want to be married or they just want to be with a person. And so they're flailing about trying to be with a person and take up their time, take up their space, but not knowing them. And as a result, it makes most romantic comedies really, really cringy. But in this instance, Haro is just, all he wants to do is play video games and he's not, de he's not trying to interact with any of the people romantically interested in him. He is, he, he has a close relationship with someone else who plays street fighter very well, but his goal is he wants to be able to beat her in street fighter and talk about games. That's what he wants to do. And that's the relationship. Right it's, wholesome. right. it's it's so wholesome 
the fact that he's not trying to date her he's not trying to marry her there's nothing he's not trying to take anything from her he just wants to hang out with her and play video games and it's so wholesome that it is now my favorite romantic comedy by a mile several miles because it finally fixes the main problem i have with romantic comedies is that men are always trying to waste these waste these women's time <laughs> and aggressively so toxically dangerously <laughs> aggressively wasting time so yeah i'm sitting there watching this 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 um his gaming historically relevant romantic comedy anime with which also as a person who grew up um obsessively following like i i still do i still want arcades um i still look for arcades it's just that i can't make a big deal out of it but the fact that this kid was always obsessively looking for arcades and game stores i would say that was i mean outside of affordable housing sure we can discuss it i would say that that is one of the saddest losses in the greater new york area is New York used to have a lot of places where it had a lot of arcades. It used to have a lot of um, sustainable arcades that existed within the confines of other stuff. So they were no proper arcades, but they were like um, like little mini children children's fair things, and there would be an arcade in there. Um, the best arcade in Brooklyn, near where I lived, was actually a Blimpies. Um, there's one small chunk of the core of the, of the store sandwiches great sandwiches they give you so much roast beef it was not even a joke it was absurd and the rest of it was about 18 arcade machines tekken 1 tekken 2 nfl blitz uh wrestlefests um uh, i forgot the name there was um one of those i forgot the name of the i think it's a game called speedrunner i forgot that name one of those um uh i terminator 2 the, that old game where they gave you the two Uzis, the, the movie arcade game, everything. And that was like that all over New York. You'd spend all your time hunting for places. There used to be, um, the funniest thing is that there used to be arcade machines in places where you absolutely should not be going. <laughs> Lol, I remember that. Right. I was about to say, if you grew up in Milwaukee, then I imagine you had the <laughs> same premise. I, right. I had a thing, I'm like... Played in many arcade machines, but I realized oh, there's a good reason I didn't play in many arcade machines. Right. Yes. No. I know. Yes. <laughs> uh, there was um. There was a notorious. Um. My favorite was they had the Superman arcade machine, which I liked because, for some reason, I love the old Superman arcade because you played as Superman and his cousin Superman. <laughs> it was two players, but you didn't play as another character. You just played as Superman and then his homie, Su Superman. <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> And um, I love playing it, but it was in this candy store that had almost no candy, you see. <laughs> it was devoid of candy. My mother, I think I played Superman in there once. My mom had saw me come out of there and she was like, nigga, you are never going in there ever again. And I was young, so I was like, mother, but why? And she was like, nigga, just he, do you, who, am, I'm your fucking mother. And I realized the only time my mother ever did that was like, I'm your fucking mother. Just do what I say is in those times when I might my quest to find the proper arcade, the prior proper arcade would take me into literal danger. So, yes. Um, my favorite also in the show is that they have fights breaking out 
because some people get salty about tactics in Street Fighter. Like, like, and what is making them sad? What make what causes the fight in season one when they for everyone first started heard of Street Fighter, versus like the like five years later when people are playing Dog Stalkers and Vampire Hunter, is totally different. So like in the first few episodes, a fist fight breaks out because somebody threw somebody else, which same you know we've all if you've been to the arcane then you understand before we understood basic fighting game tactics the person that was walking up to you and throwing you for like a third of your health in street fighter 2 by the way if you remember 30 your health and right around the fifth time that happened there was going to be a fight in real life and you only used advanced tactics if you had if you were armed traveling with more than one person or understood exactly how to get out of the place in which you are throwing people who are blocking in the corner. And this was before people got a hold of like Zengif and stuff. This was like people who were just like using like Ryu and Ken and just throwing by holding forward. God forbid you use Zengif, who just had this massive, massive uh, uh, sphere of influence. But yes, things like that. And it just captures so much of arcade culture while having a truly wholesome story of developing love and romance that I'm just totally into it. Now, it might be hidden because of the pandemic. It might be. I'm not even going to say that I'm not in a place. I, I tell you because you're literally just describing my favorite genre. So I can't like I don't I don't know what to tell you. Right. So it's it's difficult for me to judge. I can't tell whether I would do this again for another anime where there's the timing, but I, I wouldn't have been looking at Netflix for two in the morning if it wasn't for this pandemic. But then I if I think I would like this. I like this anime because it specifically speaks to my value system, which I never say about anime. I've never seen an anime in life that in my life that speaks to my value system. But um, this does. And I kind of. Yeah, I really, really, really like it. So now I'm willing to much like when I played. What was it? What was it? that? What was it that? Um, was it Monster Hunter that blew the lid off, and I wound up and I wound up just playing Japanese Japanese RPGs again and stuff? Was it Monster Hunter? Yeah, Monster Hunter because I'd been trying to get you to play JRPGs for a hot minute, and you're like, meh, 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 meh. and then I'm like, play Monster Hunter, and then I was posting videos of my Monster Hunter life, and you're like, God damn it, Bacon, right. and then you started playing Monster Hunter, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, Monster Hunter is my favorite, yes. It opened the doors in my general resentment of um, uh, Japanese style games. It's an old resentment, and it just went away. I was like, "Oh, okay." And um, yeah, so yeah, so I'm willing to I'm willing to let you lead the way now. If this is your favorite genre of anime, then mm-hmm. I am willing to. Not, not again. Not all of it's great, but like I literally just read and watch copious ungodly amounts of um romance stuff it's just copious amounts so yes (laughs) it's either mechs blood and murder or romance anime or manga or web comics or like Chinese web comics, South Korean web comics, like Japanese manga, like all of it. It's just like I have, I literally have like seventy to eighty different like web comics from various places that are all romance, <laughs> and I'm reading all of them, and I'm just like, has this one updated yet? What about this one? 
I'm dying. I mean, I'm here for it. I mean, I've sent you screenshots from some of the stuff I've read. Oh, please. I'm here for it. Like I said, I'm about to, I think it's about to, I, by the end of this episode, I'll tell you that I realized my love of two anime romance dramas. Um, I have, I have, um, they're going to meet in the middle. Um, I'll tell you about the other genre that I enjoy in a little bit. But yes, um, I am willing to take recommendations. Um, and frankly, I mean, I guess, you know, we're, I'm, I'm going public with this. I'm going public with how much I love this romantic comedy. I believe it's two seasons out on Netflix. I'm still at the, like, right at the end of season one, but I am willing to go. I'm willing to go public and I kind of want to hear about what the audience is. I want to, I want to hear about that. I want, I want other people to watch it for one thing, because the history is so rich and I kind of want people to watch it. So I'm here. I got my, let me break out this notepad. I do legitimately have a notepad. I do legitimately have a notepad. And uh, I legitimately have a pen. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's... Um, okay, well, you're going to make me start... Um, Just name me two off the top of your head. We'll start from there. We'll make it a process. Well, I'm trying to find the name of... I'm trying to see if one of them is available for streaming because, okay, one of them is definitely, like, just, just totally, like, TV, like, one of them's definitely got a lot of, like, tropes from, like, you know, uh, sign-in um, genre, you know, big breasted lady, etc. A lot right. of like window kind of things. But then there's also like this whole thing of where like she's actually the more aggressive one and he's kind of running away from her. And it's also teaching you economics at the same time. Right. It's amazing. It's one of my favorites. Okay. I found it. It is on it it, it got pulled off of Crunchyroll. Now it's on Hulu. What's it called? It's called uh Mayoyu Art um arch enemy and hero so basically the premise is is like there's this guy who's like you know the hero of the kingdom and mm -hmm. he's like you know he's the hero there's always the hero and his team and they go to they have to go to fight the demon lord to restore peace to the land right so he goes and i'm sending you a link right now he goes to fight her. He doesn't know it's her, though. He just knows, like, demon. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And she's just like, I got a proposition for you. <laughs> and starts, like, laying out that if the war between the demon, like, the war between demons and humans ended, mm -hmm. it would escalate into a civil war between like the winning side so like humans would go into a mass civil war and the kingdoms would disintegrate right so she's she talks him into joining her right to make sure that the you know the demons are gonna be okay and the humans are gonna be okay mm -hmm. so they, they team up to like basically um, 
they, they also want to, so they, they team up so they can kind of work this way into their ending up being like a truce between both of sides, but also in a way that would, um, um, like kick a lot of the people who are just abusing their power out. Like it's, it's it's elaborate. And when I say it goes into economics, it literally goes into how economics and government work. Like I'm sitting there going, I'm educating and I'm, I'm learning things, but there's also this whole like romance thing that's happening between the hero and the demon. And again, she's the more aggressive one. And he's like, nope, I have to stay a virgin to keep my holy powers. <laughs> <laughs> And even though he doesn't have to stay a virgin, he's just like, nope, bye. But he actually really loves her. And so she'll be like hitting on him. And then all of a sudden he'll just disappear. <laughs> and it's really, but it also has like some of the sweetest, most touching scenes. The whole thing is really good. Um, it has a lot of, it has a lot of tropes in it, but the way the story is told makes the tropes like it's it's almost making fun of those tropes which is also another reason why i watch stuff like this where it's like here's how here's here's this normal trope that happens let's make fun of it <laughs> so it's i i thought it was really sweet um the anime stops there's supposed to be a second season coming up soon um but the the manga does keep going on and it's it's just really cute. I it, it's definitely definitely one of my favorites. I love it so much. Um, and then there is a another one that I sent you, and this one's on Crunchyroll, and it is absolutely precious. Um, it's called My Love Story. And it's about um, a guy, his name's uh, Takeo Goda, and he is huge. Like, he is huge. He's just giant, but he's also not very good looking. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, just not very good looking. But he has, like, the most pure heart. Mm -hmm. And he's um, not the brightest, but he's, like, just the purest of pure hearts. Mm -hmm. And so he's always like, he'll, he'll see somebody in trouble and he always without hesitation goes to help them. And a lot of people, times people look at him and they get scared. <laughs> Run. But his best friend, uh, Sunakawa is like ridiculously good looking. Right. Like read also, but Sunakawa also hates people. Right. <laughs> but he loves Takeo, Takeo. Like they are, they are best buds. Like they could not be better buds. And um, you know, Takeo's just like, it's okay. I'm not the cute one. My friend is. Um, but he ended up saving a girl from a harasser on the train. Yay, tropes. Um, and in. Instead of falling for his friend, like she's not, she's not scared to to KO at all. She actually asks him out on a date, and he's like, "What?" Oh, I see. They made him. Nigga, thank you. Oh, sorry. 
They gave him ethnic ass features. <laughs> I'm looking at this. No, okay. Uh, funny enough, like, I'm, yes and no. I mean, I'm like, not going to lie. They did the same thing as a character who, um, in, um, in the high score girl, it was the same thing where they just give the classic, where they give the, the there's a certain look and it's just, it's like, oh, I see. You mean that she's uh, not attractive or anything. Like, oh. That look actually does predate what you're thinking, but they do have a tendency to give that look also to black characters. Right. Well, so, I mean, because that's the thing is like, if he's supposed to be unattractive, like as per the the show, and like I understand it because he looks different, but it's like, right. oh, he no, just. No, no, no. Right. What I'm saying is, is that the unattractive traits they put on black characters. Right. So like, like it's not that he has ethnic traits; it's that they put those on black characters who they don't want to look attractive. Does that make sense? Oh, I see it. No, I hear you. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because of artwork. No, I understand. Listen, it's important. It's important to make the distinction because at this point you see it and you go, you son of a... And you go, oh, okay. A little bit of... I'm not saying this as it's any better. Right. It's a, it's proper historical context for a problematic thing. Context. Because I'm looking at it and I'm like, this nigga handsome. <laughs> this nigga has lineup. Got his eyebrows done. Got, got plump ass lips. Nice wide nose. Strong jaw. Handsome motherfucker. He is he is a precious bean. But again, like he's also like like he's giant. Like he is. He is giant. And so people look at them and they go, oh, he's a Yakuza. <laughs> he's a Yakuza. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, he's a gangster. And he's like, I'm really not. <laughs> I am. That actually reminds me of one of the books I'm reading. One of the books. I'm it's so cute. It's about this um, uh, guy in his 30s. And... He has, um, uh, like, <laughs> they actually, like, point an outlet where it's just, like, you know how you see, like, the art, like, villain look? Like, in, especially in, like, Japanese anime shows or even, like, you know, manga. There's always, like, a very specific, there's, like, you know, the evil eyebrows, like, eye shape, like, and, like, strong, distinct facial features that all villains have. Right. Right. So this poor guy, he has all of them. <laughs> <laughs> His mom owns a flower shop. He works in the flower shop with his mother. <laughs> he does all like the heavy lifting and stuff, but he's, you know, he's got like this scary face and he is a jelly bean. He is he is like super sweet and super shy and like easily scared of things and super awkward and just always wants to do the right thing and like every like he'll be like he'll go to help somebody and like he'll look at them and he's like i'm trying or he'll try to smile and it's just like people people are just scared of him they scream oh, oh i understand like literally as he's going through like sometimes he looks like straight up akuma when he's trying to emote yeah, and it's just yeah. like oh i see that's such a shame <laughs> right right uh, and he's precious, like he's very precious. But like, oh, you know, one of like a woman becomes like a frequent customer, and like she becomes a frequent customer because she like just saw him one day, and she's just like, 
kind of have a crush on this guy. And he's oblivious because he knows everybody is scared of him. Mm. And like, she is specifically not scared of him. And so she actually like finally like asks him out by like buying a bouquet of flowers and then handing it to him. (laughs) (laughs) It was the cutest thing. I was like, oh my God. But again, like, so of course he has like this complex and she's of course, you know, very gorgeous. And he's just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's always really funny how they draw it too, because it's just like, he'll like go to help somebody or he'll be like, like his, oh yeah, his mom like hurt herself and she had to go to the hospital. She hurt her back for, and she had to like go to the hospital for a week. And he's just like, I have to run the store by myself. Uh, customer what am I gonna do he's like because he can do all the flower arrangements he can do everything but the yeah. customer interaction huh. uh, the, yeah the customer interaction is a problem all right well I'm here but for she- coming to help him and it was, it was so precious one of my favorites so yeah I just like I like some wholesome stuff yeah I'm here for it um um I'm thinking that maybe we should just organize a watch party of some kind if you're listening feel free to chime in on how you feel about a watch party at um you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter account handle is uh, ANS Freeman. That's ANS Freeman. And then uh, if you need to find Bacon, that's um, at B4C0NZILLA. That's Baconzilla. B4 zero, B4C0NZILLA. And let us know that maybe we should just go ahead and just put some rom-coms on and just start making people cry because we're all a little sensitive out here. Locked up in our houses. For real. I miss arcades so much, and that's the thing. I just have I have such a I have such a uh, deep connection with arcades that it is the it is one of the it's the only place that makes me feel comfortable hanging out in town, if that makes sense. Like I go places and I go to brunch and everything, but to feel really comfortable. Um that's usually what happens to feel really comfortable in my own skin usually requires me to be in an arcade and it's been so long since i've been in one i mean how would i say a large one and it's always funny because the larger arcades are just in places that um are out of the way um thank god i moved to california where we have a few um in oakland there is the museum the video game museum which is kind of more, it's it has it's less arcade and more um super mega fungal land championship edition if that makes sense mm-hmm. before fungal land became um gamestop it used to be a place where all your games sat remember you used to be able to go into fungal land and not only um buy damn near every game and trade in every damn near every game you were also able to try out every every game you could ask them to play what what is that I said, I remember that life. Right, where you could ask to try a game before you bought it and play it. Um, that 
that was the first time I ever played an Xbox was at Funko Land, I believe. And, oh, no. Was it an Xbox? I forget what I played at a Funko Land. But yes, Funko Land, as it was on its way out. Um, But, yeah, I gotta think about that. But yeah. It's like that. And I... I I miss that type of stuff. Um, the video game museum in Oakland was brisk like that. Um, a proper arcade with a proper amount of arcade menace is very hard to find. Because one of the things about growing in the arcade um, on my end was that arcades, when they had fighting games, it was um, one of the few places where, as a child, you would interact with adults on equal footing. You'd go and you'd see niggas in suits coming out of work trying to get those reps in and whatever the fuck they were playing, whether it be Tekken or Street Fighter or X-Men versus Street Fighter or whatever. And you could sit down next to them and play. And you could learn and ask questions, sort of. Some of them were very ornery. And, uh, yeah, I, I miss that that energy. Now, some of the arcades were just silly stuff, you know. But some of the arc- it was just interspersed with this incredible atmosphere of people trying to learn and people trying to impress and there being a crowd and that was lost found a good arcade in downtown portland but i forgot the name of it oh let me go look it up actually let's see arcade downtown portland. ground control did we go to ground control when we were in portland oh you went i didn't get to i think i ha- i think i got really tired okay and you did the pokemon thing when we were in portland that's why we yeah were- okay I didn't- Pokemon thing in Portland. I walked around all day, and I think I I think I ended up going back because I hit I hit I hit my I'm peopled out. I've been outside, and allergies happened, and I think we went back, and I think you went back out, right, to go, but I didn't get to go, right. That had good arcade energy, dark, and there's like I don't know, there's lots to it. Like, I even like the sound of the arcade cabinets. I like the sound of wooden arcade cabinets, joysticks, and buttons. It's one of my favorite things. Sometimes you watch a streamer play, and they'll have, um, and they'll, you hear the sound of their joystick clacking about, and I love that sound. Little things like that. Um, even the show, uh, High Score Girl, even has that, where there's just a certain, there's like a legit one to one ASMR style just acknowledgement of the real use of real joystick sounds. It's not an artificial sound, it's like for real arcade cabinet noises and i miss that like i said so yeah yeah i would, I would love to do arcade stuff and right. i love pinball machines actually yes there's a pinball uh you didn't i didn't get to take you there when you're here but there's a pinball museum here really yeah there's a pinball museum here you just pay an entry fee and you can just go play all the pinball machines huh yeah, so like I I wanted to show you that when you were here, um, but it the timing didn't work out. So hopefully once things once businesses are allowed to start opening up again, that's a place I want to go. Well, is that um, there oh. is. I didn't know you were a pinball fan. Um, oh yeah, I'm a major pinball fan. Oh shoot, then I should have um I should have Kate on. Um, I know someone who has been trying to um essentially has pioneered several women's pinball leagues in the past two three four years and i she started running them in new york and then she's like running she runs tournaments like all over the place now and i've always wanted to have her on but i kept forgetting i didn't realize that you were a pinball fan 
I love pinball. Oh, then yeah, we will definitely have her on the program then because um, I, can play, I can play pinball all day. Right. I like watching people play pinball. It's always fascinating me. I could never like I, pinball is something that I've I've for some reason or the other I have not. I've been scared to dedicate the time. It's not that I can't play it. Um. Now, I'm not gonna say anything silly like I'm good at pinball. I'm just gonna say I can play pinball all day. Right. And I think that um, there's a part of me that when I fail at pinball and how you fail at pinball is so um, it's is so um, subtle that it's almost disheartening for me. Like having, um, say, the ball slowly roll over a flipper harmlessly because you hit the button like a sec. Your timing was slightly off. So the ball hit the flipper and just harmlessly fell. And I understand that if I played pinball more. I would be able to properly time and manipulate the ball and make it go for the most part where I want it to go. But the idea of it has me shook because I'm a pinball coward. And I think it's important that I specifically come out to the audience and, and explain uh, that I am a pinball coward. I am. Um, Pinball and um, elaborate uh, top-down shooters, like, um, I guess people think of Contra, but I think more of, like, Ikaruga. Right. Because uh, Ikaruga has more of a flow to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and games like Geometry Wars, um, they're almost meditative to me. Like, I can literally just play them all day long same with Poyo Poyo and Tetris and Poyo Poyo Tetris <laughs> um I can literally just like it like I just I, I do them and I can just I just zone I just totally hyper focus entirely on it and it's I can do it I can I can put an ungodly number of hours into it without without thinking and it it's really mind clearing yeah so Pinball is definitely one of those for me. The the bullet hell shooters are my um, favorite genre of arcade, actually. Um, I like fighting games, but I don't play as many as I play um, shooting games, for example. Um, I don't. Uh, reactive fighting games are better for me, like Guilty Gear and um, Soul Calibur, especially. Because Soul right. Calibur is one of those where... It, there's like a rhythm to all of the move sets. Right. So you don't have to really memorize the moves as much as you memorize them. You have the muscle memory of the moves. Right. Um, and so I can, I can do really well in soul caliber without sitting there going, okay, A, B, A, B, C, C. Right. Back, back, for, <laughs> back, back, up, down. <laughs> like I don't have to. Um, there is something to be said for intuitive inputs. Um, it's one of the things that allowed me, what? (laughs) Thank you. Intuitive input. Right. Um, it's one of the reasons why I don't, I don't necessarily begrudge anyone. Cause I remember I couldn't play street fighter because street fighter, um, didn't have intuitive movements from what I understood. Like I never understood why I understood why tactically, but I never understood what hold back two seconds, tap forward. Why? And I never understood forward, down, down, forward, anything. 
I understand that those are moves and I understand that those are inputs and I understand plenty of you have no problem with it. Don't at me. Leave me the fuck alone. But I'm saying is as a child, I didn't quite understand what they meant because they didn't correlate to anything on the screen, if that makes sense. And something like Soul Calibur, everything you every button you're pressing makes sense. Like even when you press back and you press back and forward and like heavy slash, you'll then step back and step forward and do a heavy slash. Right. And as right. A, and as a result, it's easier to remember the moves because your character, you just literally need to move your character in a way that would make the move that you want to come out. It's one of the things I realized um, playing Tekken versus playing Street Fighter, because going down, down forward in some characters will make them literally crouch, crouch and slide forward. So it's a crouch dash at you. So it's literally forward then down forward. So instead of your dash, you slide down and you can keep yeah, doing that over and over again one of the combos where it starts off with like a backflip and then you go forward and like for the backflip you're like you're literally going in a circle around the directional pad and then you're going forward again and then you go up like you go forward and then up and it's just disgusting like talum's moves are almost all that right and that is yeah, it's um, it's one of the reasons why the first Capcom fighting game I took to was um, Darkstalkers and not Street Fighter. Um, I'm so bad at Street Fighter. I am right. abysmal. At right. Street. Exactly. Um, for that reason, um, Street Fighter has popular inputs. We've all been playing Street Fighter for decades, so. But initially, when I was first introduced to it, it was not intuitive to me. Um, Darkstalkers had a certain level of animation, a certain level of interaction that made everything, all the moves, everything I was doing more intuitive. And the first fighting game I really, really, really ever sunk my teeth into was Tekken. And then Soul Calibur was simply easier to play for the reasons that we're talking about. Like even like Tekken has intuitive moves, but 75 moves per character, which is fine, but 75 moves per character. And then something like Soul Calibur has 15 moves per character or 20 moves per character all based on intuitive movement of your character so i understand at this point i prefer soul caliber in my in my old age um it just makes sense yeah i it's, it's part of my it's part of my um revenge tour as an adult a lot of the games that i grew up with are now six bucks like, um, for example, like, what's a good one here? R-Type. I got R-Type Dimensions. It's an old Xbox 360 game. It's backwards compatible. It's got three R-Type games on it. Um, to buy a proper R-Type game was so expensive. Or even better yet, something like Metal Slug. I was a huge Metal Slug fan growing up, but a Neo Geo game was hundreds of dollars. Or you had to go to the arcade and spend dozens of dollars. Either way, Metal Slug was not attainable to me. But every single version of Metal Slug is now on console. And you can buy every single version of Metal Slug for about 30 bucks. So I have every version of Metal Slug on this machine. <laughs> you know, I have Ikaruga for these reasons. Like I, I'm with you on this. Okay, okay. I don't have you played Ikaruga? Yeah, I played the hell out of it. I got it. Uh, good. Then you know what I'm talking about. So when I was like, when I was playing near Automata and I was just like this is Ikaruga like not even just like the 
like the whole part, the whole like black and white aspect of it where um, things keep changing colors and like that changes, you know, the weakness and strengths of things. So when I was playing like that first like couple hours of um, Near Automata, I was like, this is Ikaruga meets Max. I'm here for it. The opening the Nier Aramata was perfect. Like that entire shooting section. Ugh. But yes. I just I just want to do that all the time. I think I'm actually <laughs> gonna spend some time. I may actually spend some time tonight and do that. <laughs> I have um just a whole section of of my game collection that's just dedicated to like old arcade style shooters. Just arcade beat em ups, shooters, classic games, things like that. So yeah, I think I'm actually just gonna spend some time with that. You actually have inspired me. You've truly inspired me. Not gonna lie, I might pick up a uh, Super Poyo Poyo Tetris on the Switch. It's on sale. You should. I've been oh. wanting that game for so long. Also, um, get the Super Capcom, get the Capcom beat em up bundle on Switch. Or you can get it on Xbox if you want to play with me. But if you want to just play it. What's um, the Capcom beat em up bundle? Uh, let me see. It's so many games. I have to actually fire the game up and tell you. Um, I'm a big fan. Of the Let's see. My favorite genre of arcade games were shooting uh, shooting games. And then right alongside it were those 2.5D beat em ups left to right. Um, the side scroller punchings? Like... Yes. Those were. Oh, those were. I wanted to make sure that that's what we're talking about because i will play all of those with you so Just, it's in my head in my i'm and you know what i'm sure i'll i'll check to see if i don't already have that already but um when my headset comes in i will definitely definitely hit you up on xbox to play those there between that and overwatch um I'm down. So this this cap for the listeners, if you are into and frankly, you know, cheap gaming is what we're doing. So we're going to let people we're going to I'm wondering if I've um, tickled anybody's urge for old school arcade fighting or old school arcade gaming. This has Final Fight, King of Dragons, Captain Commando, Knights of the Round, Warriors of Fate, Armored Warriors and Battle Circuit. Um, American and Japanese versions online, offline. Um, however, I feel the hype from here. Right. You may not hear the hype, but I feel the hype. That right. Makes it. Right. I realize that like, I have a I have a substantial collection of these games. You know, I, they, uh, <laughs> did you ever did I ever tell you about River City Girls? It's the uh, sequel to River City Ransom, where the two male characters from River City Ransom get kidnapped off the street the way women characters usually in these type of games, and the two girlfriends beat everybody up. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, they get snatched up off the street. <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Le- okay, legit, that's the premise of, like, Keo's game. Because Keo- Keo's game is um, a side-scroller beat-em-up. Oh, what's it called for the audience? Um, Brother Keo, we had as a guest a few episodes ago. Um, he's an he's an animator, right? Or he's a programmer, or both. Video games and um, voice actor. Okay. He's uh, an artist. Right. Uh, what's the name of his game? 
Oh, yeah, I do. Banzai Pecan. Banzai Pecan. Okay, uh, let's see. How do we... How Found do we, it! Okay, how do we spell that for the audience? It is B-A-N. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Pecan. Okay, I'm here for it. All right, cool. So if we like... Oh, I'm totally here for this. Okay. Banzai Pecan. The last hope for the young century. Yes. All right. It is on Steam. Okay, full support. Um, guys, if you are uh, getting tickled, I'm actually going to leave a link to his game in the show description. And uh, let's, let, you know what, let's just, like I said, let's scratch this vintage gaming itch. I can't be the only person. Between that show and all the arcade games that I just totally have grown up loving being represented and how much I how much I obsess over it without saying anything like I didn't realize how much I I quietly have been vacuuming up classic games. You know, I just didn't realize how much I have like the Mega Man X. Well, it's, it's really funny because in the more like this River City Girls is right there. Oh, <laughs> Of Steam. So, yes, yeah, so this is exactly, yes, Bonsai Pecan. Basically, um, homegirl's uh, boyfriend gets kidnapped by a queen of succubus force, force. And she has to destroy him. She has to, like, destroy everybody to get it back. So it's like a magical girl beat him up. I'm here for this. I love it. All right. And I think he is making either. I think he's making working on a new one. That's what I was asking about him last about last time. Right. Okay. Well, I'm here for it. Um. I think. Um. Do we have a show? Yeah, I mean, I could go on, and I'm like I said, I I'm. I'm going, we can return to this because this is a developing story. I didn't realize just scrolling up how many like like looking at like Guardian Heroes pop up, Final Fight pop up, um, Dungeons and Dragons Chronicles of Mystara, just an old arcade game based on Dungeons and Dragons. Air quotes, beat them up, you know. I know, right? It was so weird. I'm like, this is, this is not D and D, but you know what? Bet this is delightful. We're gonna throw, throw words on things and it'll sell. Right? It's like sure sure guys so we can go on and um yeah but right now we will pause it um make that our program um you are absolutely invited to hit us up again um on twitter that's uh, a and s freeman for me and baconzilla b4c0 and zilla bacon Talk about these old games. These are super cheap games. We're all running low on money, but we got lots of time, so we're going to have to go back in time a little bit for some enjoyment. I fully support it. Let's do it. Let's do it together. Um, well, that's our show. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and have a pleasant day. Go ahead, stand up, stand up, stand up. And here's your weekly reminder that the most delicious name in podcasting is also the most delectable name in the art world. Visit etsy.com slash shop slash 
Lost in Pandemonium for the latest prints, posters, bookmarks, notepads, and more from our very own bacon. That's etsy.com slash shop slash lost in pandemonium. It reminds me of an ancient African proverb, help bacon by cake.